everyone and welcome to the well here at STSA. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Glad to see so many people. Anyone wearing green here today? No one wearing green? You're supposed to wear green. Some people wearing green. Aren't you supposed to pinch someone if they're wearing green? And that's not where I'm from. Where I'm from, if they're green, you pinch them. So everyone pinch those two people right there afterwards. Okay, that's where I'm from, all right? Welcome to the well here. We are in part two of a series called First in Faith, where we are talking about not just saw that we look and talk about faith as Abraham had, or as Moses had, or as David had. But who did Abraham have to look back on? The answer is nobody, because Abraham was the first. Abraham was the first guy who God called and challenged to do something, and he had no basis to do it other than his trust and his surrender to God. He was the first guy who took God at his word and received a great blessing, the which likes of which no one else has ever received. But as we saw last week when God came to Abraham, the world was in bad shape. The world was in, in a state of moral decay, going downhill, 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 downhill. Idolatry was running rampant. And Abraham lived in a city where it was really, really bad. And God put his hand on Abraham. So the world is in bad shape. And Abraham, I choose you to make a difference in this world. And we said, that's great. Wouldn't it be great if God calls us to be blessed? But what we saw last week is the first step of blessing is separation. And when God calls us to be blessed and God calls us to do something great, there's no blank checks that God signs. There's always a condition and the condition to be great, the condition to be blessed as Abraham was, is to be separate. Abraham had to leave his land, his family, his country, his comfort zone, everything that he knew. And the question that we, we, we discussed last week is, why? Why did, God call why did God need Abraham to leave in order to bless him? And the answer is, I don't know the answer. I can speculate on the answer, but when it comes to God and his commandments, God doesn't give reasons, God gives promises. So God doesn't say, I need you to do this because of this and this and this and this. Well, God says, I need you to do this and I will give you this. And he doesn't tell us why, but we talked about last week, when we speak to our pets at home, okay, we try to train our dogs, we don't give them reasons, we give them promises. Do this and you get a treat. We do the same thing with our children. Do this and I'll take you to the zoo. Do this and I'll give you 10 bucks. This is how we raise children. Well, God, the difference between me and my dog or me and my children, like if my dog's not gonna understand me and my reason or my children, how in the world do I think that I will understand God? So God doesn't explain reasons. What God does is give promises. We said last week that when we see a commandment, a command of God, we look at the command and we say, why should I? But instead, what we need to see is the promise behind it and say, how can I? Not why should I obey this, but how can I achieve that? How can I achieve the blessing that God wants? And the answer is separation. Okay, for those who are participating in life groups, we've got life groups going on. Raise your hand if you're in a life group. Raise your hand if you're in a life group. All right, fantastic, all right. So the last question in life groups this past week was consider, contemplate, think about how God may want to bless you. How God may want to bless you in your work. How God may want to bless you in your family. How God may want to bless your prayer life. How does God want to bless you? And we say, I want, we, we know what we want. We want the blessing. And the answer is, that's great. Go be separate in that area. If you want God to bless a relationship, 
Make that relationship separate from all the other relationships that are out there. You want God to bless you in your work? You be separate from everyone else in that office. You don't be like everybody else. You don't mix in. You be separate because God blesses when there is separation. And what we saw last week is that if there's separation, there's no limit to what God will do in the life of a person who's separate. But the reward of separation, remember? The reward always outweighs the cost, but it never precedes it. The reward will always outweigh the cost, but it will never precede it. We have to do our part of separation first. That's a recap of last week. Today, what we're going to talk about, we're going to see kind of the backing, the underbody of the promises of God. God makes great promises, great, great, great promises to us. And today, what we're going to see is the source of that promise and why God, you can take him at his word no matter what happens, if God promised something, why well, you can take it to the bank and you can count on it. And it's going to be based on this verse from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. And it says this. Actually, let's read this all together because this is an important one to kind of keep inside of our minds. Let's read it all together. Read it with me. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Let's say that one more time. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. This is the opposite of how human beings are. Because human beings, if you don't keep your promise to me, I will not keep my promise to you. If you are not good to me, I will not be good to you. You steal from me, I steal from you. You lie to me, I lie, about, I lie to you. You gossip about me, I gossip about you. You're nice to me, I'm nice to you. We're all about eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. We're dollar for a dollar. We're gift for a gift. You got my kid a gift, I get your kid a gift. You got him a $10 gift card, don't expect a penny more than $11 for your kid's gift card. Because we are eye for eye. We are how you are, I am back at you. But that's not God. God, it says he is faithful even when we are faithless. I am not removing the role of personal responsibility in anything I say for the rest of today. I'm not. We all have a responsibility. There's an accountability. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter what you do. I'm not saying that. However, what I am saying is that it's not the one-to-one -one correlation that we so often think it is. We make it a one-to-one -one, that if I, then God does. And if I, then God does. And we make it as if the partnership between me and God is 50-50. That's how we think it is. And I'm not saying it's 100-0, but what I'm saying is it's closer to like 98-2 or like 99-1. And some could even go a little bit higher. It's not 100-0. We do have personal responsibility and what you do does matter, but not necessarily in the way that we think it does. Here's our key thought for today. Let this sink in. God's promise is based more on who he is versus what I do. God's promise to you and to me and to Abraham and to Moses and to every single person in all of humankind is based more on who he is versus what I do. My mistakes do not negate his promises. Today we're going to see with Abraham. Abraham, I told you last week, is the greatest of the greats as far as I'm concerned. No one's better than Abraham. But Abraham wasn't perfect. Abraham had his mistakes, and today we're going to see two mistakes that Abraham made, and two opportunities where if God was not faithful, even when Abraham was faithless, that we wouldn't be talking about Abraham today. Were it not for the, that the promises of God are based more on who God is versus who Abraham is, we wouldn't be seeing, talking about Abraham today 
because they could have ruined him these two mistakes. Example to, to, to kind of picture this. Imagine you're driving down the road, you got your navigation, you got your GPS, okay? You wouldn't think about going outside the house. I know some people won't even go to their neighbor's house without GPS. Like everywhere they go, they just put the GPS on, even if they know the way, it's just a habit. They put the GPS on, you're driving down the road, you take the wrong exit to get to your destination. What does the GPS do? Does the GPS say, sorry, I told you. Does the GPS say, you know what, like, you're, you're lost. 